Joining us on the line right now from Arizona with the team for the last couple of days, Lane Grindle joining us on Brewers Weekly. Hey, Lane. Hey, Greg. How are you, man? Good to be with you. Yeah, I'm doing well. I, you know, I always talk about spring training being, you know, this this party that you're not really invited to. So I try and talk to people who have been invited to the party. I know there's some cool <laughs> things going on. I just can't really see it or taste it or feel it, and that's why we have people like you on the air with us. <laughs> I'm glad that I get to be the guy that provides that for you. It's, <laughs> right. a, it's a good perk to the job, right? Yeah, a little color commentary from your first couple of days. I know you've been down there for uh, a few days this week already. Yeah, I know the mood is exciting, and, and does it have a different feel to you than it did maybe a year ago? Uh, I think it does. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I don't know that it's a significant difference in terms of, you know, when you're walking around the clubhouse, it's that same positive, upbeat, kind of youthful energy that the the team had a year ago but i think when you walk around the complex when you're watching them work out right now when you talk to different people associated with uh, the the club as well there's just this there's this excitement there's this this level of expectation now and it's fun to be at this point where you're going into the season saying hey this team's got a real shot and you can sense that and that's a little bit different maybe than the last two years i would say last year in spring training, there was some some pretty good optimism, maybe more so than there was from the media side of things. But if you were around the front office and around the coaching staff, there was a feeling that this team had a chance to surprise people. And, of course, we know now that they did. And I think there's that, that same kind of core energy, but there's now there's the level of, okay, that was fun, let's take this to the next level. And, uh, you know, that remains to be seen if this team's going to be able to do that. But there, there's some, some exciting pieces to this team, and we've had a chance to see them on the field over the last couple of days working out, and they looked apart. This, this looks like a really good position player group. Well, and it's, it's deep, right? I think the Brewers had maybe the highest floor out of the teams that were in contention a year ago, not littered with superstars, but they had depth. They could be covered in almost any position here if somebody went down. They proved it time and time again. It still leaves a bit of a surplus here in the outfield lane, and I, I don't think Ryan Braun's taking ground brawls at first base is just a little experiment. Listening to Craig Council talk, it seems like left field or first base for Braun, and, and that's going to be about it for him. I'll tell you, Greg, I, I had a chance to watch Ryan taking ground balls today, and it, there was another field behind us, and the outfielders were over there. Ryan Braun was with the infielders. Now, I, you know, that, that's how I think what you would expect for it to be right now. He doesn't need the work in left field right now. He's got plenty of time to get himself ready to play some left field. So if this first base thing is going to work, you're going to put him there right now, get him tons of reps, and see how he responds to it. Uh, so I had a chance to watch him field some ground balls at first. It, it wasn't overly challenging stuff. It was pretty typical infield type of work, but uh, he looked fine. He, he looked like a guy that was trying to get himself comfortable a little bit, but he looked like a guy that was more than capable of handling it at the same time. So I think it's exciting to see Ryan Braun get some reps at first base. Again, the more you can have versatility throughout your lineup, the easier it's going to be for Craig Council to play the matchups every single day and to get the right bats in the lineup. And so I think that's been something the Brewers have valued over the last couple of years and clearly continuing to value that. You're right, though. This is, this is a really deep team position player-wise. You look at the outfield, and there is just one guy after another um, out there shagging balls today with Ed Cedar. And just like, boy, that, there's a bunch of guys that would start 
um, around Major League Baseball, they're battling for at-bats right now with this team. And that's a good problem to have. I mean, it puts you in a great spot where, one, um, you, you figure you're not going to get through a season. You lo- you'd love to get through 162 healthy, but that's probably not going to happen. So it gives you some coverage from that standpoint. also gives you the depth and the position of strength that if you want to make a move at some point in spring training or at some point during the regular season, you'll have the ability to, to cover you know, moving some guys around. So I think this team has been constructed in a really good way, and I think they position themselves to be very successful and to try to add to this team at some point down the road if they need to. Lane Grindle joining us on Sports Central, presented by Miller Light. Lane is with the Brewers in Arizona. Cactus League opener set for Friday afternoon. If the Braun thing at first base it just becomes a bit of a disaster, it just doesn't look right, it's, it's him and the infield just kind of clash, what happens to his at-bats? Uh, Christian Yelich is going to be the primary left fielder. You would think so. Now, he could play some right field, but Domingo Santana is there too. Um, so I, I don't know that anybody really knows the answer to that, and I don't think that's just lip service. Uh, I was with David Stearns a little bit today watching guys, and then Craig Council's talked about it a little bit. It's, it's just not the time yet to make that determination. I mean, you want to have some sort of a plan in the back of your mind, and my guess is that Craig Council and David Stearns have talked about that. But I don't know that they're going to really advertise that yet or at least tell everybody else what that plan is because they don't know that it's even going to come to fruition yet. So I think they're going to let the next couple of weeks play out and figure out how they're going to manage that. I mean, Ryan Braun's going to be a big part of your outfield one way or another. You know, do you move? Do you, do you, do you have? He actually hasn't played right field, but they talked about that the other day, that he could play some more right field. Um, boy, it's a good problem to have right now, but it is one that you can kind of tie yourself in knots over when you start really breaking it down. Should everybody be healthy and ready to go on opening day? How do you manage the outfield situation? Usually it takes care of itself. If it doesn't, the negative of that, Greg, is that you have a really good player on your bench. That's not a bad thing from a team perspective. Back with Lane Grindle, Brewers play-by-play man who is with the team in Arizona and uh, first broadcast of Brewers Baseball this spring will be on Saturday afternoon. Make sure to check that out. Cactus League opener set for tomorrow against the Cubs and the Giants. And Lane, there's a new Brewers top 30 prospect list out. I just saw it today uh, put out by MLB.com and we have a a new guy at the top, Keston Hira, recent top draft pick by the Brewers. I don't imagine we'll see him this season in a Brewers uniform, but hey, who is on track? Who looks like they could be ready to crack the major league level from this prospect list? I actually wrote a blog about this today. I think there's anywhere from 7 to 10 guys on that top 30 list that have a shot to impact the big league club this year. That's really a, a high number. You don't see that very often. But, you know, you start with guys like Brandon Woodruff, who's on there. We know he's going to impact it. I think Corbin Burns is going to have a shot at some point with the Brewers this year. Should he stay healthy, he's going to get some opportunities on the mound. And then you go down the list, guys like Freddie Peralta. Craig Council talked about him yesterday, that he thinks Freddie Peralta is going to have a chance to help this team before the season's all said and done. So there's a bunch of names on there. Adrian Hauser is another one that we certainly think is going to get some opportunities with the Brewers this year. Mauricio Dubon probably at some point gets a shot in a Brewer uniform. So there's a bunch of guys on that list. It's going to be really fun to see. I think from an arm standpoint, the two guys I'm the most intrigued by 
are Burns. He's the number two prospect on that list overall for the Brewers. And the other guy is Freddie Peralta, who is at 10. And for me, at 10, that's way too low. I think he's one of the Brewers' top five prospects right now. I really like this kid. He's got big-time stuff. He gets strikeouts at a high number, which is a premium, of course. I just think Freddie Peralta's got a chance to be a really good pitcher for the Brewers down the road. You know, I've never heard a manager or a general manager say, you know what, we've just got way too much pitching. So, And as we looked <laughs> last year, the Brewers used 13 different starters. I mean, it was quite the outgetting staff last year. So you know you, you, every year you're going to go pretty deep into your roster to pull a guy in to start a given game. I, would, you, are you, would you be surprised, Lane, if the Brewers didn't find a way to fortify the rotation or the outgetting staff, as Craig Council might put it, before the season begins? I, I, think, I, I think I'll be somewhat surprised if there's not another move. Um, I don't think it's a given. I, I think that David Stearns and his front office are – I think they mean it when they say they're comfortable with this group and they don't want to be – the club that maybe overextends themselves just to make a move. They want to make sure if they make a move that it makes sense, that it's a, a needle mover, as they said late last week. And, and I would agree with that. I, th- I think there's a great chance that they do make a move because there's so many potential pieces out there. And so my guess is one of those are going to present themselves to the Brewers before opening day. But it might not. And I think they're comfortable going in with this group Given this group a chance to compete, and if they need to add to it later, closer to the deadline, they're comfortable with doing that too. Yeah, this would be interesting. So that's what GMs probably lose sleep over, right? I mean, if you're looking in the free agent world, you give up money and you give up maybe a draft pick, right? But all of a sudden, you get to the trade deadline, and maybe that starting pitcher becomes a little more expensive. We saw what Jose Quintana and Sonny Gray fetched last year, and Quintana's the number four for the Cubs, for goodness sake. So. I, I, this is what GMs have to weigh, right? And it's not an easy decision when to make that move. And, and, and I think the other thing you're conflicted with if you're in the front office is if you make a trade for a guy, typically you're going to get um, – you know, if you're going to make a big trade, you're going to probably want three, four years of control. The, the rentals aren't there as often anymore. I mean, every once in a while you'll go – you know, the Royals rented Johnny Cueto in 2015. But for the most part, deals that are made now – are made for controllable guys because the team trading that guy away can ask for more prospects in return, and the team acquiring is going to get those years of control and they get a little bit more of a window out of it. But with that, you're going to usually get maybe, especially with pitchers, you're going to get a little younger arm. And I think that's why a lot of teams have chosen to add to their rotations through trades versus free agency because by the time a pitcher comes available in free agency – you're maybe going to get a couple years of their prime, and then you're paying for their decline on the back end of most of those deals. And I think that's part of the reason why the the market, from a starting pitching standpoint, has been very slow to move this offseason, because I think a lot of teams are looking at it and saying, well, okay, but what are years four, five, and six of the six years you're asking from us going to look like from your client and i think that's why there's been a little bit of a steering match there lane as you look at the roster it it is always a little bit of turnover have the brewers found suitable replacements or perhaps even a better replacement for a player loss for example anthony swarzak is out jared hughes had a pretty good year last year is Mm -hmm. out Are, are there suitable replacements in your mind for the players who were lost well if matt albers can repeat what he did last year the answer is yes um matt albers probably slots somewhere in, in, in the back part of the Brewers' 
um, bullpen. I think I think right now what you're going to see is, of course, Corey Knable close games. We all know that. I had a chance to watch his bullpen today, and he looks really good. I mean, he looks like he is back on a mission to be even better in 2018. But then you've got Josh Hader. And then I think the other thing that the Brewers are counting on is Jacob Barnes taking that next step. He showed flashes of it last year. He really kind of had the year Corey Knable had two years ago. Now you're hoping Jacob Barnes can take that step forward like Corey Knable did last year. And then all of a sudden, that could be a really dynamic trio at the back of your bullpen. So I think that's what the Brewers would love to see happen. Matt Albers is there as a little bit of an insurance policy in that back part of the bullpen, too. He can kind of fit that that Jared Hughes role, so to speak. Maybe he slots into the Anthony Swarzak role a little bit, especially at the beginning. But I think if everything goes as the way the Brewers would want it, they'd like to see Jacob Barnes really step up and take one of those spots in the seventh or eighth inning, knowing that the usage of Hater might be unique at times. You might ask him for five outs one day. You might ask him for one out another day just to come in and get a lefty. So that's going to be a little bit different than your typical eighth-inning setup guy type of role, most likely with Josh Hader. So I like where the bullpen is at. Uh, I think they've got good pieces. They've got some intriguing guys like J.J. Hoover that are going to battle for spots at the back part of the – not at the back part of the bullpen, but more uh, for those last couple of spots in the bullpen. And Craig Council said today they're planning on carrying eight for the majority of the year in that bullpen. So uh, there's going to be – those will be some of the better battles here over the next couple of weeks are those last couple of spots in the Brewers' bullpen. Cactus League begins tomorrow for the Brewers, taking on the Cubs and the Giants. Lane Grindle with the team in Arizona. Always good to check in, Lane. Appreciate your time and definitely look forward to talking to you throughout the spring. Greg, it's always a pleasure, man.